Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports zone by Vinny Iyer of the uh, Sporting News. And, Vinny, good to have you on the show once again. Let's start with the good. Specifically, let's start with the uh, Detroit Lions uh, and their offense. Uh, what has most stood out to you about that group so far this season? Well, I think they can just do everything, right? They can run the ball and uh, not only power run, but explosive runs now that Jameer Gibbs is in the flow and fully healthy. Dave Montgomery showed he can also go the distance on long runs. So when you look at that, uh, yeah, it's uh, a complete offense. They can do anything. They've got Amon Ross St. Brown who can dominate. They really work the middle of the field well. I think they've had one weakness. They're not as consistent on the outside. They're still trying to figure out Jameson Williams's role here as a downfield threat, but Josh Reynolds is pretty good. They've got Khalif Raymond in there. So they have a diversity group there with their weapons where they can go anywhere at any point here. And you're seeing that in their complete team. If they have to win with defense, they can do that. If they want to win with offense, they can do that. So Detroit, I think every way you look at a team that's built to do well, not just win the division, but be among the top seeds, but also good even the playoffs, you'd say the Lions really fit that profile. So should we be putting them in the same sentence with Philadelphia and San Francisco and the NFC? Well, I think you have to. I mean, look at where they're seated. I mean, right now they're number two. The Eagles have a really tough game here coming up against the Chiefs. And their schedule, if you look at the Eagles' schedule, pretty darn tough yeah. <laughs> next few yeah. weeks. I mean, yeah. you have the 49ers yeah. and Bills and Cowboys again. So, yeah, it's going to be tough to survive that. Where the Lions, what are they going to do? They're going to pound through a pretty weak NFC North. They don't have to play the Vikings or red hot right now until two of the last three weeks of the season. So, they could really build a lead there. They still have two with the Bears there to dominate. So, yeah, their schedule is a lot more favorable right now, being a lesser team last year that didn't make the playoffs than either the Eagles or the 49ers. Speaking of the 49ers, uh, you know, they ended their three-game losing streak. Was it uh, as simple as getting Trent Williams and Debo Samuel back on the field? Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> or just uh, coming off a bye, right? So they got to Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was a little bit maybe shaken up there. We're not sure about where he was at with the concussion. Maybe lost a little sharpness in those two games, especially to the Vikings and Bengals. But he was back on point, and when you have your left tackle and all your weapons together, that was the most complete game the 49ers have played. And it kind of says that Christian McCaffrey didn't score – because it, they were just loaded. Everyone else was doing things. And you've not had a game where all their guys have gone off at the same time and dominated and have been healthy, and that's what you saw from the 49ers. Yeah, the defense, you know, Steve Wilkes came out of the booth. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. It, it does help that you, you added Chase Young, and he had an impactful first game. Yeah, I mean, you just look at the 49ers. They're loaded with talent everywhere on the field, I think. They were caught off guard a little bit with some of the attacks the Vikings and Bengals were able to push the ball downfield, and Trevor Lawrence could not do that in that game. And he was under duress quite a bit. The Jaguars, I wouldn't put them in the same class right now, the way the Vikings and Bengals are passing him is going. Those teams seem very difficult to stop. I wouldn't put the Jaguars in that class. I think you have a little bit of issues there with Trevor Lawrence sorting things out. The turnovers have been an issue. He's not really lighting it up, so... I think they got a break there, but uh, look, Doug Peterson doesn't have the greatest track record after buy. Kyle Shannon didn't either, but when you look at it, I mean, the 49ers, I think they needed to come out and say, we're a complete team, don't forget about us. And uh, now they get the Buccaneers so they can build on that this week as uh, big favorites at home. 
Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News, currently in the Sports Zone. All right, the Texans, 5-4 and four now after winning at Cincinnati. What What has most impressed you about C.J. Stroud at this point? Well, I think he's doing a lot from the pocket, right? He can move around, and we did score him, or see him score a rushing touchdown in the game that was pretty key against the Bengals. He can move when needed, just like these other pocket quarterbacks, including the guy on the other side, Joe Burrow. But he's going to do his damage throwing the ball downfield. And he even had his best receiver on the outside, Nico Collins, in that game. But I think their weapons have caught people by surprise how good they can be. But part of it is the scheme. The 49ers like scheme, and they're getting guys open all the time. Tank Dell can be a special player. I think between Dell and Dalton Schultz, they made some really good pickups there. That Guys that can really get open everywhere. They saw what Noah Brown could do with the Cowboys. So Brown and Schultz come over from Dallas. They look uh, just like natural fits in this offense. And then just overall, now you have a running game as well. They kind of could not run the ball at all. I think what happened was Damian Pierce, as good as he was as a rookie, just not a great fit for that zone blocking scheme. Now you saw Devin Singletary as the passing game opens things up. People are scared of things downfield. It's going to open the running lanes. Their offensive line is getting healthier. So, Another team that can build momentum currently in playoff position and get Arizona this week. Not the same Arizona with Kyler Murray, but that should be one of the more entertaining games this week. Yeah, they already won. They being the Texans already won at Jacksonville. So do they win the AFC South here? They have a shot. I mean, they've definitely owned the Jaguars. It's a very mesmerizing kind of deal here where the Jaguars can't seem to figure out the Texans. And that needs to happen. They cannot get swept by the Texans, especially now where the margin is that one game. So the Texans would take control of the division. So really for Houston, everything's right in front of it because sweeps that takes care of the business against these lesser teams in the division. The Titans being one of them, they look like they're fading group pretty quickly with their youth movement. So I, I think you have to take advantage of the schedule. And some of these teams, that's how they kind of rise up. They take advantage of, being much improved, and then they have a schedule where the teams aren't caught up to them with their improvements. So Texans are going to be a factor. This playoff race has got a lot more interesting with them in the mix. Which was more surprising to you, the Bengals losing at home to the Texans or the Ravens blowing the lead at home and losing to the Browns? I think I was just surprised. The Ravens, I mean, were up pretty big. They throw and made a big mistake there that turned into a pick six and went the other way. That's not great. I mean, the Texans almost tried to do that against the Bengals, throwing a couple of interceptions and turning over the ball late. But that's the way they came back surprised me because it looked like they were dead. It looked like the Ravens were going to do everything. When Odell Beckham Jr. scored that touchdown, I said, oh, the Ravens are in great shape in this game. But, I don't know, credit the Browns. They were gritty. Their defense didn't give up. They made another play. So that division is going to come down the wire. And I'm really excited about this week because you get Browns, Steelers, Bengals-Ravens yeah. to start things off on Thursday. So a lot of uh, AFC North chaos uh, might be continuing to come here. Okay, let, let's get into these two teams a little bit more here. Let's uh, A little more on the Ravens. They now have the most losses in the NFL over the last two years when leading in the fourth quarter. They blew the 14-point lead yesterday. Why do the Ravens continually blow these games in the fourth quarter? Well, I think they're somewhat caught in between identities, right? They don't know if they should throw and put the game away or do they run with Lamar? Do they run other people to win? And you look at it, their secondary is pretty tough, especially at safety, but on the outside they can be beat a little bit, and that's how teams can come back if they can throw on you on the outside. And I think with the Ravens, um, I think that it's just uh, 
situation where they may not know exactly how to close that game. So they have confidence in Lamar to just sit back there and throw. I think you have to let your quarterback throw those tight situations. I mean, the Texans did that right on a couple third downs. Uh, you saw the Raiders do it and they gave the Jets one last chance. I mean, you have to kind of throw to get those first downs late in the game. And I think maybe going into a conservative running shell is not going to help you win these type of games or put teams away because every extra possession you give to a team, and in the Ravens' case, they gave them a score, quick uh, turnaround, transition score, it, it's going to come back to haunt you. Okay, so the Bengals, they, they were on a roll before yesterday, so what do we think of them at this point? Yeah, I mean, you look at the Bengals, I mean, I think they still need to sort out some things. I mean, Joe Burrow, um, it, I know a lot of focus is going to be the drops of Tyler Boyd, but he made a terrific play to even put them in that position before. And Joe Burrow, quite frankly, turned over the ball poorly. <laughs> In the previous drive, one was kind of a tip there, but the second one, I mean, just throwing it into the end zone the wrong way. So I think that's where the, actually the game was kind of lost because the Texans were trying to give the game away and the Buc- or the Bengals gave it right back. So they've got to clean things up. They can't take anything for granted now. They're out of playoff position. They got the big win against the Bills, but the Bills could go right back over them tonight um, in the matchup against the Broncos. So a lot of work to do, but, again, a lot of things are in front of the Bengals. They're playing the Steelers still twice here, have another shot at the Browns at home, and also we'll get the Ravens on Thursday. So I'm looking at this game, though, for the Bengals. They need a lot more than Baltimore just based on how the schedule goes and the fact that they already lost at home to the Ravens. Okay, Vinny, I need some help with the Browns. Yeah, I watched them a couple of the games that they played before they played the Cardinals last week. And then, you know, watch some of yesterday. I was at the the Cardinals game, but I watched some highlights last night. Watson goes 14 of 14 in the second half. I don't know what to think of the Browns at this point. Yeah, I think they're still trying to figure themselves out. I think the Nick Chubb injury didn't really change their identity. They still want to be a team that runs a lot. They're a very loaded defense, we know, on every level. But they're just very inconsistent. Some games they can score a ton. Some games they can disappear. Sometimes their defense just stops the run and shuts it down completely. Sometimes it allows a lot of teams to move the ball. And the one thing I'll say, the Ravens did move the ball in that game with a lot of big plays. And that's where the Browns can be the letdown here. So there's a lot to, still to learn about them. I think the one team, because they don't win in flashy ways, they get outgained in every game, the Steelers. So I think you look at the baseline yeah. of the Steelers, I think in those clutch moments and those tighter games, they're the team you trust a little bit more than the Ravens, Browns, or Bengals. I was going to bring exactly that up. I mean, the Steelers have been outgained in every game this year, and they keep winning these games. And I'm equally as baffled as to how that happens. So help me out on that one. Well, I mean, the last two weeks, I don't think it's been too much of a mystery because their running game has gotten going. They've made a big change in the yeah. offensive line, bringing Broderick Jones in there. They did get Isaac Samalo from the Eagles, so they do expect to have an improved offensive line. It's finally coming to fruition here with the running game, especially on the left side. So now you got a good one-two punch from Nadia Harris and Gerald Warren. You're not getting elite play from Kenny Pickett, but he's hanging in there making the tough throws when under duress. And and that's the thing. is like that's what the Steelers want. I mean, Mike Tomlin loves this kind of football, low-scoring, defensive-minded, running the ball with great success. This is how he would prefer to win, I think, every week. He doesn't care if they win by three points, two points, seven 20, right? He just wants to win 
this way. And look, you have to credit this guy. Every year they have a winning record. It's not by accident. Going around the NFL, Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News. Okay, so the Lions and Niners beat the Chargers and Jags. So what do we expect uh, from the Chargers and the Jags for the rest of the season? Yeah, the Chargers are going to be up and down. I think their defense can sometimes show up, and they have a pass rush, and they can do things that way. But I think their run defense is a bit overachieving, and it's finally exposed by a good running team against the Lions. So this is a trap game that they got to figure out. they got to get right back on trap in Green Bay. It's not going to be easy. It's a long road trip. It's a tough place to play. So they have to get going. I think Jaguars have a better chance to get well. They turn around and stay at home against the Titans this week. So Jaguars are going to be fine, but I think you called it there. I think when the Texans and Jaguars meet again, I think that could determine the division. The Eagles, Chiefs, and Dolphins uh, were on by this past week. And uh, the Eagles have one loss, but they only have uh, two games this year that they've won by double digits. Reason for concern or no big deal with Philadelphia? Well, I look at the Eagles. I mean, yeah, I mean, my concern is just their defense, how it's going to hold up against the Chiefs, Bills, those 49ers, Cowboys. I mean, those matchups coming up the second time, they were fortunate to beat Dallas last week with defense. But the one thing they can do is rush the passer. They're pretty loaded at that spot. They've had some injuries that you have to overcome if you're going to chase things down and try to win a conference championship again. So, look, they're going to have the holes. They're going to have to win a lot up front. They have to continue to stop the run and uh, go in that direction. The Chiefs have two losses. Uh, those were on you know, opening night when uh, Kelsey and Jones didn't play, and at Denver when Mahomes was ill. Uh, they won with defense. Uh, my, you know, my question is, the Chiefs wide receivers, they lead the world and drop passes. Are they going to figure out how to catch the ball in the second half of the season? Well, this is a good time to buy Randy Reid. We know his team is always stronger after a buy. They're going to sort things out yeah. with some of the younger receivers, find out the pecking order, and I think you'll see them just fine. I mean, it's scary that the Chiefs are winning you with defense. I mean, they're allowing only like 15 points per game. I think it's second in the NFL. Uh, it was definitely going into week 10. So when you look at that, I mean, their point differential is pretty impressive. They score like 23 points. That's down about a touchdown from last year, but they're still beating teams by an average of eight points. A game, and that's what you would take if you're the Super Bowl champs. The Dolphins have not beaten a team above 500 since September of last season. Uh, should we take Miami seriously before they beat a good team? Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that they are favored by 10 points this week against the Raiders, and the Raiders are hot. I mean they won two games, but I mean they're not schlubs. They have some guys that can make some plays offensively. There, so it'll be an interesting. I, I think a middle of the road test because the Raiders are now at 500. But yeah, the Dolphins need to get a little bit more depth and expand their offense a little bit more. I think it's a little bit narrow. So if like Terry Kill or John Wall gets hurt and you can contain one of them, then you're in good shape to stop this offense. So as great as Terry Kill is, if you put enough people and take them out of the game, other people are going to have to step up and do it. And John Waddle hasn't been the same guy. I mean, he's been battling through injuries as well. So. They're going to have to figure it out. Their defense has got to have to play a lot better in those bigger games. But uh, we'll find out pretty soon. I, I think the Dolphins, their goal right now should be at least to stay behind the Bills and win that uh, second wild card. Okay, you mentioned the Raiders. They, they've won two in a row here with Antonio Pierce, now the head coach. But they beat the Giants and the Jets. I don't think there's a third team in New York, New Jersey, unless they can play Rutgers next week or something. So, you know, I, I'm not buying the Raiders. Yeah, I think it's a nice story that they've kind of 
started to play with some inspiration here, and they were just dead in the water with uh, Josh McDaniel. So it's a nice little story. But you're right. I don't think it's going to be that uh, 2021 season part two and Rich Bisacci had to take over for John Gruden. They made the playoffs. I don't see that happening again for the Raiders. All right, so tonight it's Bills and Broncos. What are you looking for in this game in Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, the Bills have to be wary because the Broncos did just knock off the Chiefs, and they're going to play with a lot more confidence. I mean, we kind of started burying the Broncos as uh, maybe being a repeat from last year, but Sean Payton starting to see the improvement. Russell Wilson is playing better. Their defense is getting healthier. So this is a big trap game for the Bills. They don't want to get caught looking just ahead because the Jets are next, and they did lose to them in week one. So there's a lot of things to uh, consider here, but uh, I think it's going to make it Buffalo sweat a little bit tonight until they get a play to pull away late in the game. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that their defense got healthier at Denver. I mean, you know, how much of that has to do with their you know so-called turnover turnaround, I should say here? Yeah, I, I think that has a lot to do with it, especially Justin Simmons coming back, Patrick Sertain, too, starting to play like he can. So it sure looks like a good spot for sure for them to maybe flex a little bit more and, the, and they get another primetime spot against the Vikings. And they're actually favored in that game. So we'll see how they fare. If they can beat the Bills and Vikings back-to-back, then I think we're going to start taking notice of them and maybe being a legitimate playoff contender. Yeah, my apologies. I probably should have got the Vikings into our discussion here, but I kind of uh, blew the time management part of this. So my bad on that. I'll make sure we uh, get to the Vikings the next time. Vinny, good stuff. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right, thank you. Vinny Iyer, the sporting news. Excellent stuff from him, as always.